following program may contain coarse language, suggestive dialogue, and discussion of violent imagery and sexual situations. It is intended for mature listeners who can tell the difference between facts and opinions. Welcome to another episode of the Toonami Faithful Podcast. I am your host, Sketch, and with me, I have... Paul Biscrillo, the father of ToonamiFaithful.com. And... Happy Crow Kitty, your demon cat for the night. And... Hey folks, it's Velor GTZ. So, first up, we have a little bit of news that, that, uh... If you it's hadn't heard, there's there's some uh, there's some new seasons, new shows starting on Toonami this upcoming Saturday, and huh, this podcast will be out by then, right, Paul? Probably. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you've got plenty of time. <sighs> don't don't. It's don't, only Wednesday. Don't rub it in. <laughs> I wish I had that problem. I do. <laughs> yeah, I know you do. <laughs> But continue, I'm sorry. Yes. So the lineup is as follows. Dragon Ball Super at midnight at 12.30 is the return of Sword Art Online, Alicization, War of Underworld. Try saying that three times fast. At 1 a.m. is the second season premiere of Fire Force. At 1.30, Assassination Classroom is moving down a little bit. At 2 a.m. is the season two premiere of Gemuseto, a.k.a. Gemuseto Death Beats. And at 2.30 is still Naruto Shippuden. At 3, still reruns of Demon Slayer. That's a fun lineup. I agree. I, I think it's uh, it's got a little something for everyone. So Paul wanted to chime in on the fact that Sword Art is back. Yes. What did you want to say about that? Uh, well, that it's back. That's, about That's it. right. No, no, no. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm, I'm Guess just... Guess who's back? Back again. SAO's back. back. Tell your friends. <laughs> I mean, I'm, like, I'm, I'm really surprised at the turnover, honestly, because I think this was faster than the last one. I could be wrong, but... Yeah, I mean... Uh, it's that... about the same, I'd say. It... Is it about the same? I mean, yeah. it's still it's still faster than we're we're used to. So, yeah, yeah, and considering the circumstances, which uh, yeah, and that's that's good even... job, Alex Von David and crew. <laughs> he says there will be stories. Oh, good, making magic happen. Oh, good, we'll have there. him on some more. Oh yes, oh yes, yeah. So Sword Art is back, and as I continually say, this. Upcoming batch of episodes, 11 episodes, just 11. Bonkers stuff happens in these episodes. So while I don't think we're going to do necessarily a full recap, maybe we'll have like a a, a small segment called like what that shit that Sword Art did this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll co- come up with something catchy. I don't know. So... As of this recording, we did see a, a promo for SAO returning. 
but there's been no on-air notice that Fire Force Season 2 is starting, and I'm a little, huh, about that. We haven't had an actual lineup promo since February. Wow. Uh, I would agree. That's before COVID. Yeah, I mean they they need to they need to definitely do a promo for that. Maybe they were just trying to spread it out because I mean technically they have three new shows. So yeah, that I mean I, I mean maybe that's what it is. But yeah, they they need to kind of something. <laughs> so, so and this is just on Adult Swim. The ad is. Are they? Are have you seen it? Have you seen them do one of these promos anywhere else? No, not on the Facebook. Not no. The the Facebook did make the announcement that it would be starting on October 24th, and then as October 24th came very close, they made another announcement, kind of, well, they didn't exactly make an announcement specifically for Fire Force, just that that lineup was going to happen on November 7th. So yeah. it's kind of been downplaying it uh, ever since. But there have been, actually... I shouldn't say there's been no on-air notice because there have been clips from season two that have been in Toonami music videos. Because I guess they had the footage already. Right. Neat. The last episode we saw was Ray of Light, right? Yeah. That uh, Ray of Light, was it? Is that? No, no I think that's the name of the... No, it's... Uh, what is I the name was, of the last season... I don't remember what the name of it was, but I think that was the one where he was... Something burning. (laughs) No, no, no. (laughs) No, wasn't it the one where they took him to the hospital and then he He found out... He wakes up and he he finds out about his his mother. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting developments. And uh, (laughs) I'm going to tell you that the season opener is very fluffy, fun stuff, and you're going to enjoy it. I think I think you're all gonna enjoy it a lot because I don't want to spoil it, but it's uh, it's pretty amusing. I didn't think they could do it with the SAO, but they have found ways to raise the state so high, and even for people who may not be totally committed to the series, it's like it, it just just a casual watcher who just wants to see everything work out. Like it's it's hard to not want to know what happens. Next. Is things just keep going wrong, and it's it's just so intense. The the battles are intense. The state, like I said, the stakes are really high. I think a mini segment would be interesting just to discuss each each episode and how it's progressing. Yeah, I I think uh, we should do at least that because <laughs> there are things to talk about. I cannot stress that and- enough. <laughs> Very interesting things. If you've been following Sword Art since the beginning, which, oh boy, it aired first on Toonami in 2013. It aired in Japan in 2012. <laughs> so it's it's been a while. And, uh, and I have to say, seen, lots of things paid out. And if you haven't seen it, you are not the only one. I have purposefully kept, for Alicization, watching it until... Um, it premiered on Toonami, so even though they have shown it on Netflix, um, but not not all the way. They didn't do all of Underworld, so I guess not. But either way, you the, won't be the alone. You'll be experiencing the first time with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For, for people who haven't watched the simulcast. Yeah. 
Well, I purposefully stopped watching Fire Force Season 2 once I knew it was coming to Toonami pretty soon. Because I want My stuff God, to I'm watch. I'm still pumped for Fire Force. <laughs> Fire Force yeah. is the best. It's definitely my favorite show on the block right now since Demon Slayer is technically a rerun. But Fire Force is my top. I'm I'm looking and even even over Naruto, even though I love Naruto, it just I never know what's gonna happen in Fire Force. So season two mm. should be really, really exciting. I'm pretty neutral on Fire Force, but I can't deny that it's like probably one of the best looking shows on Tanami right now. Yeah, I mean I I'm I'm looking for sure. So I can't wait to dive into that. But I, I do hope they do a promo just because I feel like if they don't do that, people don't know that it's on there. So Yeah. And I do feel like this is a very strong lineup um, considering the circumstances because, you know. Yeah, they're finishing up, strong. I mean, you have, let's see, one, two, three, five, five premieres, five premieres, five premieres. I'm missing one. One's a oh, assassinate the classroom. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I guess that's a premiere, even though it's been out. Two are new seasons, technically. <laughs> and so. if you look, you don't have to see the first season of Game of Seto to appreciate the second there, there'll be material to kind of catch you up, and lots of things will be uh, reiterated any given episode, according to Max. So yeah, I mean, Gamaseto's plot's not that complicated. No. <laughs> so uh, long of the short, in the first season, sportsman Makasu played against the Inking Gods in tennis. He kept beating all of them until he got to the very last one, Inti, the Sun God. And uh, lost. Well, he didn't actually get to play tennis against him. He he just died. He he got burned up. And now we get to experience his afterlife and the Kratos-like hell journey that he has to endure. He's he's done a lot of bad things in life, so he's gonna have to get some comeuppance. <laughs> it's like a Devil Man plot. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean it's it's going to be a great lineup. I mean I'm I'm excited for it, and I'm glad that we're able to do some. We're we're able to still do like lineups like this because I mean, look at where we're at right now. So yeah, it it's been kind of a uh, year <laughs> for. I mean, assassination classroom was a nice surprise, but uh, other than that, it's. <laughs> It's it's been lots of retractions, additional reruns. Well, Paranoia Agent was also a nice return, but I mean, I mean, I'm kind of I'm kind of uneventful sad. would be the way to describe this year. Right, right. I mean, I'm kind of sad that we don't have anything um, for Black Clover, but I understand with the pandemic how that's going. So obviously, it is what it is at the moment. But you know. Uh, I've kind of said this before, and I'll say this again. Like, if Toonami is going to have a show on, I would like for them to have a plethora of show, of episodes to play, rather than just be like, play an episode, wait a week, play an episode, wait another week, or yeah, play an episode, come back a month later, and then play another episode. Like, no, no, that just that's too disruptive. So they did it with My Hero, and only because. There was oh, they won't do that episodes. again. 
They won't no. be doing that again. That's for sure. So. No, if if they still need lots of time to record the next season, I'm sure that they will give it a decent buffer. I would agree. Speaking of um, things that they'll give a decent buffer. Yes. <laughs> Attack on Titan is just around the corner. And, I mean, we don't have a confirmation it's airing on Toonami, but come on. That comes out, when does that come out again? In December? Japan, it starts airing December 7th, I believe. Mm. And did, they, they, did they wait the last time a little bit here in the United States before they did the dub? I don't remember. In the U.S., they only waited about three weeks. Yeah. Yeah, they'll probably wait longer this time. But well, who knows? They, they are... Uh, they have all all cylinders firing over at Funimation, and they, they are dubbing a, frankly, somewhat irresponsible amount of shows right now. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Like, they haven't even finished, I think, like, a good chunk of the spring shows yet. No, and I, wow. I just hope the translations aren't garbage. That has always been my biggest beef with some of these dubs. That Voice actors do excellent work, but... You can really ruin a great show with a crap translation and cheesy writing. It's just so easy to fix, you know? You know, I I, I don't say, I don't think that. I think it's more if they cast the wrong people for these shows, then it's just a Oh, crap. the script is a big thing, but I, I think... Yeah, the script is bad. In prior years, the scripting of... Simul dubs was maybe a little overly ambitious. I think they've kind of brought it Great. back down to earth now because yeah. they can't do it as fast as they used to. Mm-hmm. I mean, they can't dub the shows as fast as they used to, so there's no reason to force the writers to churn it out in a couple of days. Right. But Yeah, plus like with shows like Attack on Titan, they definitely make sure that those are getting the effort needed mm-hmm. so that they are accurate. And there's probably a um, lot of like approvals I, that they need to do. Yeah. That and, too. And, like I have my problems with some Funimation dubs, like kind of how their scripts are written, but usually for a lot of the flagship titles like Attack on Titan and like Fire Force, like I have no complaints on those. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna I, I was just gonna say real quick, like I really hope that you know, we could, we were talking about kind of Black Clover. I'm I'm kind of hoping that Attack on Titan doesn't start until January, just because you know we're gonna get this whole thing where you get maybe like two or three episodes, and then now you got the holidays, so you got Christmas and you got New Year's. And I have to look real quick, but I'm not sure. Oh, well, I, I don't think Attack on Titan will start before January or February. I don't think so either. I mean, Christmas is on a Friday. New Year's Eve is on New Year's Eve day or New Year's Day, I should say, is on Friday as well. So, I mean, that whole weekend basically is just a holiday weekend. So, I mean, maybe we'll get lucky and they do some movies. I would love to see that, but like <laughs> with the budget right now. Yeah, I know, I know. Demon but I'm, Slayer I'm, cough. I mean, but in all seriousness, like, you know, obviously we all know what they're probably gonna do, which is marathons. So, you know, I I I don't mm-hmm. think we'll get any attack on Titan, nor do I hope that we don't get any attack on Titan until the first at least that first weekend of the You year. were off by a day, uh well, Christmas is uh, Christmas Friday. Day is a Friday. 
Right, New, New Year's, Year's Day. New Year's Day is a Friday. I Did think I say New Year's, New Year's Eve or New Year's Day? Yeah, I think you said New Year's Eve. So I started saying New the, Year's Eve. The two said- days that they'll probably take for marathons are the 19th and the 26th. But honestly, they don't need to do the 19th. I hope they don't. No, they don't need to do the 19th. I think the 26th and the 2nd, I think they could do They marathons. pretty much never do one in January. Really? But yeah, they might change this year. And then there's Thanksgiving. Will they have one on Thanksgiving? Hmm. That's anyone's guess. Yeah. We'll have to see. I mean, oh, Thanksgiving again, not the day of, actually. I mean, again, we, we, we pretty much have a lot it does, of... It'll be a Fire Force one. Yes. Uh, episodes will air by then. Yeah. I mean, we there's a lot of things that, that, that Toonami can kind of marathon. I mean, let's... Let's face it. Whatever we haven't wins, had an assassination classroom one yet. Hmm? That's true, but whatever. That's a good Thanksgiving marathon. Whatever we think's going to win the bracket probably is going to get a marathon. Honestly. Oh so. right, Cowboy Bebop marathon for Thanksgiving. Let's go. I love how you assume that that's going to win. I see how. You oh, it will. It's doing surprisingly well. Yeah, I mean, uh, I saw that myself the other day, and I was kind of like, "Oh, did I start something?" <laughs> because <laughs> honestly like i don't want like i don't have anything against dragon ball z but i just you know i just hate when dragon ball z or dragon ball super i kind of made that mistake at the beginning of, of the stream the other day like I, you know they they blend together so i think of them as the same but in all seriousness it's just they are the same yeah <laughs> well i mean they are the same in the dna basically but one show is different than the other because of name basically so, also, Goku's characterization. I've said this before, though. People's, people's nostalgia tend to overrun, like, active judgment you. of watching the show. And so yeah. if you have a feeling about a show you watched as a kid and it has a later reincarnation or continuation, you're probably going to choose that because it's just it's just you have that feeling. So I, I think that that's why, you know, it's easy to make that that it have that problem with the distinction between super and just regular Z right. because like people remember and that's what they're going to vote for. Because it's all dragon ball. Yeah. <laughs> and rather than think critically, like what am I watching now? It's like, well, I love this for so long. So that has to be my favorite. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, exactly so sidebar, I'm we were on the too, adult the swim website. Woo. Yes, we were. <laughs> Paul and I appeared on the uh, second to last episode of the Toonami Audience Takeover Bracket with Max, Woo! the creator of Gemuseto. And we had a good time. And uh, We did. They said we were good guests. So, thank you. Thank you, Adolfo. And, and damn it, put me on pre-flight already. Jesus Christ. <laughs> put him on pre-shit. <laughs> Appreciate, yeah, let's put it on. Tsunami appreciate. Oh my God. That is the poop Great that I take during DBZ. <laughs> Max really needs to be on pre-flight, though. He should. It's long overdue. He should totally be on pre-flight. You know, pre-flight. honestly, like, I was thinking he should do, if, like, Tsunami's next panel, if they have to do it online, he should host their panel. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. That'd be so fun. I think that would be fun, so. I I'm mean, gonna... we're taking away work from Chad Bonin, but... <laughs> Well, I mean, I mean, was he? He's not going to really be on. They probably wouldn't really have him on the stream, honestly. I don't know. They, I mean, might. they had us. They had us. So there you go. <laughs> Who knows? Um, we had to sign paper. 
Yes, gasps. we did. We did have to sign releases. Yes. I was like, ooh, this is really official. I guess yeah. I should have expected as much. <laughs> uh, but anyways, um, one other thing that we got to mention about it's on new- the Adult Swim podcast feed eventually. It's not. Yes. It's already on there now, actually. Is it on there now? Yeah, I listened to it uh, again earlier today. And V-Lord was on it, too, because he called in. Yeah, you little bastard. And then He, he kept- called in, and <laughs> Lum Ramayasha called in, and Colt called in. Nice. It was a, it was a regular Toonami Faithful Palooza. Nice. If only Darrell had called in. <laughs> oh, God, that would have been bad. Uh, oh, I think he and uh, Max would have a good time talking about hentai. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, but those, there is another, those two in caboose. <laughs> there is another piece of news that's kind of related, but the show's not. Well, it's uh, not. Speaking of simuldubs, uh, there, there was uh, an announcement, uh, I want to say a week or so ago, that they were starting to announce the... Uh, uh, the voice cast for the up currently airing Yasha Hime Inuyasha spinoff sequel. And uh, it, it, it ruffled some feathers because they had cast three Los Angeles slash I actually Morgan Berry's kind of all over the place, but uh, three usually Los Angeles actresses in a show with a whole bunch of characters that were dubbed in Canada. Now, you should have had faith because Viz freaking delivered pretty much the entire original cast of Note will be back. Mm-hmm. Richard Cox back as Inuyasha, Kirby Morrow back as Moroku, Kelly Sheridan back as Songo. They got Kira Tozer for Kagome. She was Kagome in the final act. Unfortunately, Monica Story's just not an actress anymore, which is sad. But the most amazing return, the man, David K, back as Sishomaru. Yeah, like legit. I did like a double take when I saw that. I was like, wait, what? David K? He's back? Now, the OG? No shade to Michael Dangerfield because he was a good Sishomaru, but I am so happy that David K is back. And this, this is why it's great that Viz decided to have part of it dubbed in Los Angeles because making it a Union Los Angeles dub partway allows David Kay to be in it. Great. Who knows? Maybe like Steve Bloom will pop up. <laughs> oh, ho, ho. that Ooh, would that'd be, be rad. You spoke that into existence and now it must happen. It, yes, absolutely. <clears throat> also, can we, can we not kill off... Steve Bloom in like the first episode. Oh no, he'll just be a one-off demon. <laughs> oh god, like I hate that shit so much. Like I, I was you like, understand sorta... the reason why that is, right? Because Steve's a busy guy. Right, right. But I mean, you know, in, in Sword Art there, like I, I and I'm just like I mean, they oh, did that shit, character Steve's dirty up. in general. Shasta yeah. was cool and then they uh Shasta. Yeah. Yeah. I, but I mean I was sitting there and I'm like Oh, Steve's gonna be in this for a while. Fuck you. 
<laughs> a while became two, three episodes. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh my god, he's going to be in this. Oh my god, he's a good character. Wait, why the fuck are you killing him? Fuck you. <laughs> then he got to be a one-off demon in Demon Slayer. Yes, he did. And that was actually, I, I really enjoyed that in uh, Demon Slayer. Like, what was that? That was at least three episodes, right? Three or four? Yeah, like three or four. Yeah. Because yeah. it was that, like, uh, mansion with the drum demon. Yeah. yeah. So that was that was that was wonderful yeah. as well. So hopefully hopefully we see more Steve because we need to see more Steve in anime. Let's just face mm-hmm. it. So. so I should touch on some of the other actors and actresses. Jillian Michaels is back as Shippo. Uh, now taking over the role for Kohaku will be Alan Lee. Now Kohaku's had lots of different voices, so you know, whatever. He's supposed to be older now. Alex Lee will be voicing the uh, offspring of Moroku and Sango. I don't remember their name. <laughs> um, we'll just call then, we'll just call him Billy Bob for now. Billy Bob. <laughs> you will inherit the legend of Billy Bob. Um, Billy yeah, Bob they, the Samurai. I, I feel like they didn't really put a lot of character design effort into that one. <laughs> yeah. I looked up his name. It's Hisui. Hisui. Yeah. All right. Cool. Alan Lee and Alex Lee, I'm pretty sure they're not related. Yeah. <laughs> but I would understand if you mixed them up. In fact, they kind of sound similar sometimes. So, but um, Alex Lee is known for very whiny voices. Mm. Like, like Zenitsu. Yeah, Zenitsu and the simp on Rent-A-Girlfriend. <laughs> But then he can also be the lizard man on Doro Hidoro. So that guy has range. Too yeah, sure. I mean, K- Kamen's definitely not a simp. Nope. So that, that's a plus in his favor. Good job. <laughs> Good job. And also... Uh, da, 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 da. Did, did I list everybody? Well, I I don't think we've actually mentioned the um, the primary cast. So... Uh, uh, Toa, one of the daughters of Shoshomaru, who's currently living with Sota, Kagome's younger brother, in the human world. Uh, that will be the lovely Erica Mendez, who we are all very familiar with. <laughs> and it's very fitting. Yes. And Kira Buckland will be Setsuna, I believe. That's the name of Shishomaru's other daughter. Yep. And playing the delightful offspring of Inuyasha and Kagomi, Moroha will be the lovely Morgan Berry. Good cast. Mm. I know. Well, uh, you know what, Paul? Remember that conversation that we had, and you were like, they should have half of it, like the new characters dubbed by Bang Zoom. And I was like, ah, oh, come on. Let that one be Canada. Well, I guess you're right. <laughs> Thank you. But were you actually thinking about whether or not David Kay should be back as the showroom? Um, I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I did want him back because I didn't. I mean, okay. Was Sashomaru okay in Final Act? Sure. But it, was, it just didn't feel the same, honestly. So, yeah, I mean, obviously I want the original voice actor back for that. Same thing with Kagome. I mean, Kagome didn't really sound the same. 
but she she did a good job. I I, I wish that I wish they would have gotten the original voice. Yeah, actor, yeah it's a shame. Honestly, yeah. you know, it it is what it is, and I'm just glad that they're doing kind of half and a half because that's just to me is is wonderful, you know. And I mean, that's that's what fans want, so why not do it, you know? Now the question is, is how much of Inuyasha and Kagome and Sesomaru will we see? And apparently, a decent amount in the first episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, like, the first episode is literally like a special epilogue that Takahashi wrote for the series. So, it kind of primarily focuses on the main cast. Mm-hmm. But after that, it's like kind of sparse. Like. There are a few characters here and there, here, like uh, Kohaku, but like for the most part, we haven't really seen Inuyasha or like Kagome or anyone. How many episodes in is it? Five, five, I think. Yeah, I oh, mean, I mean, yeah. we'll probably I think see the more. Six one comes out this this weekend. I mean, so, yeah. I mean, Ses Shomaru. Wow, I can't even just speak call him Fluffy. Fluffy, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh, should we should we call Inuyasha Sip Boy? Oh, okay. Oh no. Yeah. Um. So <laughs> this is anyway. rather nostalgic. Yes, it is. Um. I mean, we'll probably see more of him. I mean, would we see more of Inuyasha? I don't. I don't know how the whole half demon thing works in that world. So I have no idea if we're going to see a lot of Inuyasha or not coming up. So I think I think that it's probably better that they don't have the original characters. To- much in the first like 10 episodes or so because then you're spending more time on their storyline so it makes sense to have a transitional piece like the the first episode but then like letting the new characters develop and and get you know acquainted with the viewers and everything and and show their personalities is probably better so i'm fine with waiting a while to see the new that our traditional characters show up and participate because then when they do show up we'll have a sense of the a dynamic between everybody and it'll be really exciting to see how they interact so and that's you know i, I we'll see we'll see what happens but yeah i think that's the direction they're kind of going with i mean like not to go into spoilers but a lot of it is kind of what Kuro's saying they're focusing on like uh toa setsuna and moroha and kind of what makes them unique as characters rather than just hinging on the existing cast members. Right. So like they'll, they'll probably show up more later, but like it's definitely their story rather than like Inuyasha and Ko's story. Well, that's a good thing. So yeah, I agree. Um, Kuro, so... I know you wanted to talk a little bit more about this actually. Hmm. I said, I said, Curl, didn't, didn't you want to talk more about this a little bit? Sorry. I... <laughs> oh, I, I, no, no, no. I just thought when we, you know, tonight's other topic, be great to talk about the original Inuyasha because, and let Sketch do the introduction, but um, we have a, a great reason to tie in the new series with the old season, right? Yes, we do. So first, before we get into that, I just wanted to mention that the Simuldub will be starting to stream this weekend on uh, Funimation and Crunchyroll and I think Hulu also. And uh, the good news about that is it's not an exclusive contract. So, Tsunami soon? 
Maybe. Oh, so the double be on there this weekend? Uh, yeah, the first one comes out on Friday. Wow. Okay. Yeah. They're <laughs> they're doing it. Which boy, I don't know. <laughs> this is surprising. Viz doing a simul dub is unusual. Well, Funimation. They must, must be on top of their stuff. Well, Funimation's not doing the dubbing. That's right. They're streaming it. Right, but they're streaming they're probably it. They're probably the ones behind it, like, pushing them to do the simuldub. <laughs> They're like, all right, we want Yashihime, and we want you to start dubbing it immediately. By, by the way, like, this is another example of what we've been talking, like, what we were talking about earlier. Like, you know, we don't, yes, Yashihime is, the dub's coming out, but do we want... Give it a couple months. Right. Do we want one episode every, like, so often, or do we want... You know what I mean? Like five episodes. Do we want like 10 episodes already dubbed and then put it on Tsunami? Until they can guarantee a consistent rate of release, they they should give a nice big buffer. Yeah. I agree. Though to be fair, like the Bang Zoom dubs have been having a more consistent like output rate. Yeah, they've pretty much been every week. Also, they don't tend to tackle too many things at once. Yeah, that's probably how Crunchyroll and Bang Zoom have been able to do it, because, like, they only do, like, three or four shows per season. Mm-hmm. And they don't, like, start the new ones until the other ones finish, either. Yeah. Which is something maybe Funimation should be doing, in retrospect. Yeah. But I, <laughs> I suppose they have their reasons for doing it the way they do. And it works for them, uh, I guess. <laughs> sort of. I mean, we, don't, we don't ask questions. Uh, it's like, whoa, it sure took a while to get that 16th episode of Fruits Basket. <laughs> don't worry about it. Sit down and watch your anime. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that that episode broke me, by the way. Oh, man. That's that Fruits Basket in general, so though. Sad. Tragedy. Tragedy. That show makes you teeter-totter between, like, happiness and sadness. Like it's Yes, it does. I don't know. <laughs> yes, it very much does. So... Yashihime is about half-demons, and so is Inuyasha. And being as it is our 333rd podcast recording, I thought, why don't we talk about half-demons and demons and devils? You know, the ones that have aired on Toonami. Oh my. Yay! Because we're thematic here. I wanted to get this help by Halloween, but eh, it didn't happen. Sketch is a a busy man. That's true. So, I mean, there's some obvious choices, but I wanted to dig a little bit deeper. But uh, let's see here. As a start, we'll allow Kuro to talk about her namesake. Yes. So Kuro, for those of you who don't know, is a Nekamata which is a mythological Japanese being that is a cat. Uh, They look like domestic cats, but they have two tails. And like myself, my friend Kiwawa has one as well, so you'll probably recognize the form. But what makes this kind of demon awesome, and I I say it kind of falls in the half-demon because it's got the cat, is that their forms can enhance 
to the big version, the Nekomata version. And me, Kuro, I am big enough to ride. And sometimes in the series, you'll see Rin riding me into battle, like in Kyoto Saga. Um, most time, I'm small enough to sit on your shoulder. Love to drink. I love snacks. Very playful and energetic. And I love to nap like a typical cat. Demon cats are legitimately the best because they are a manifestation of, I think, every real cat's aspiration. They can do all the things, you know, they, they have the fierce battle techniques and um, they have the, this this really a, a aggressive personality as an apex predator that comes out fully. And of course, they can fly and sometimes they have different powers like flames or darkness. And, and so it's such an excellent manifestation of an incredible creature to begin with, the cat and the demon. And I should note here that the term demon, you know, the way we think of it here, and, and everybody here knows this already, but just for the sake of, of having that caveat, doesn't mean the same thing in Japanese. It's not necessarily a bad thing to be a demon, as we know from, you know, watching shows like Blue Exorcist and Inuyasha. It's just a, 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 a makes you somehow supernatural. And Kuro is is definitely one of those beings. You know, Kuro's best friend is Rin, who is also a, a half demon. And he's he's got a crazy matching personality to all of Kuro's energy. Um, Kuro can only communicate telepathically with other creatures who can hear him. Like other demons, I uh, can't speak to humans yet. We might be able to hack that, you know. For people who understand cat language, I don't think it's that difficult, personally. But um, Kuro used to be worshipped uh, once upon a time. And as people fell off of worshipping uh, demon cats, for some reason, I can't imagine why, <laughs> he became a bit more defensive and aggressive. And uh, along came his best friend um, before before um, Red, who is Fujimoto. And Fujimoto took care of him. He gave him the cat and wine, which is the best. You know, as I said, Kuro loves the alcohol, like this Kuro. <laughs> um, yes, so that kind of is a great overview of his character, his personality, and his mythology. That was informative. <laughs> I'm a big enthusiastic person about this, as you can see. Or should I say an enthusiastic cat, like my namesake? Mm-hmm. V-Lord, what's one of your favorite half-demons, demons, or devils? Oof, this is a tough one. And this might be a bit expected of me, but uh, Nezuko from Demon mm -hmm. Slayer? Great choice. Yeah, I mean, really, like, I love most of the demons in Demon Slayer just off of their concept. Like, a lot of the time we usually depict, like, yokai or kind of the supernatural as these more otherworldly beings. Like, they don't have necessarily, like, very kind of natural forms or they're very, like, uh, ominous or obscure, but... In Demon Slayer, I think one of the whole draws of the demons is how close they really look to humans at times. And 
those tiny little contrasts, like their sharp uh, nails, their uh, pointy teeth, their really kind of uh, chilling eyes, especially the eyes of, say, like the Hashira, or not the Hashira, the Kizuki. Um, like, it all creates kind of this aura around them that really makes them menacing in a very different way. Um, but even Nezuko is different from that because she teeters between the lines of what that is. Like, yes, she's a demon, but she's also has a lot of the more human traits that made her unique when she was a human. And we kind of see that shift back and forth throughout the entire series like when she's in the middle of fights say like in the spider mountain we see her kind of embracing more of that uh kind of demon characteristics and appearance while when she's just kind of chilling around she's just like a cute little girl (laughs) which yeah I, i think that's really nice and it really kind of uh just makes the whole message of demon slayer all the more true where like it's not about what these individuals are, it's who they are. And in Nezuko's case, like, even though she became a demon, she was still very much a human in her kind of state of being and personality, which I think is really cool. I would agree. I mean, we've talked about Demon Slayer plenty, but I think the depiction of demons in Demon Slayer is very interesting. And also how many of them are sympathetic in ways. And uh, you, you even have some basically good demons who are just, you know, trying to live. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. It's like, it's one of those things where, like, you don't really have to necessarily sympathize with the causes of the demons, but you sympathize with their circumstances at times. And that makes them really relatable compared to a lot of different monsters in other series where it's just like, oh, there's this really powerful monster that we have to kill. Okay, we're just gonna, like, beat it up and then forget about it. It was just, like, some cannon fodder. Mm. But here, like, every single enemy in Demon Slayer feels like it has a uh, narrative or thematic purpose. And I think that gives the weights of the supernatural elements and the demons, like, a lot more kind of just... Uh, authenticity to it. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Paul, you got a pick? Um, I'll cheat and use Inuyasha, obviously. Hey, <laughs> um, I mean, pick? I mean, Inuyasha is not even the only demon or half demon in that show, right? But I mean, you know, Inuyasha kind of basically. Can I get a Koga? Oh yeah, I was thinking of Koga too. Eh. I, I, Koga's you know, too much of a simp. That's true. Yeah, but he's an entertaining simp. That's true. <laughs> Inuyasha to me is more like um, his character dy- dynamic is very interesting as as he goes on through the series, and you know even in the final act, which so should have been given a little bit more breath to, than it had. Um, we're not going to talk about that today, but um, it's just interesting to see how Inuyasha went from, you know, this demon that actually 
wanted to be human because he fell in love with this woman to turning back into this this monster because you know obviously you know he thought that you know she betrayed him she betrayed him and basically you know now he's just he you know he, he was left attached to a tree basically thinking that he was going to you know feeling betrayed and thought that he was be, he was used and then coming off of that with Kagome releasing him from the tree you know he was able to you know we were able to actually get to see the character in a different light and see his um what's the word i'm looking for uh his weaknesses but also his strengths and we also got to see different personalities from him because you know there were the the few times where he would there would be a, it was a full moon i believe where he would turn into a human and you would see that human side of him the vulnerable side the the side of inuyasha that was you know hidden underneath that demon that he has and then there was the other side where you know inuyasha just went completely berserk and i mean it was only like i think once or twice where you know he he went full-fledged demon basically um but you know you kind of got to see all sides of of the character and you also got to see how kagome was able to bring him to the the inuyasha that we know and we love today because obviously you know, it, it's hard when somebody betrays you and you get your heart broken. It's even harder when the person that you love all of a sudden comes back and now you're just looking at her like, well, I don't know what to say here. <laughs> like, you know, I still love you, but you did betray me, but I still love you. Oh, by the way, there's this other girl named Kagome over here that I really want to, you know, that kind of dynamic also was was interesting too to kind of see you know her and Inuyasha Kagome and Inuyasha kind of you know try to go around that triangle and you know the the one thing that struck me in in final act was that scene where Kagome basically let Inuyasha say goodbye to to her and you know she didn't have Kagome didn't have to do that, but she knew in order for her and Inuyasha to have a relationship, she had to let him do that. And I think it actually made them grow stronger together. And, you know, obviously we're going to see some kind of dynamic hopefully here in the new series, Yashihime, but, you know, it, it's, it, it's just, you know, we get to see how this person how this half demon, I should say, just became, well, I would say human. So, I have to add to Paul's comment that another reason that makes Inuyasha a compelling character is his half demon form is essentially him caught between two worlds. And he's really. he's very very frustrated by this fact he's very hyper aware of it and he's constantly at odds with his own demon and human selves 
in different aspects. And he, even though it's the source of his greatest strength and greatest weakness, as Paul said, you, you see the character like really struggling with being caught in between them both. And that it, it just manifests itself, manifests itself so intensely in the in the character and in the show, and it makes it makes it really great for character development. Though, I agree. A common thread with half demons, half devils, is that they are caught between two worlds, and there's often uh, even some level of uh, prejudice or racism to them. In Inuyasha's case, mm-hmm. uh, all the townspeople fear him because he's a demon. His brother doesn't respect him because he's a half-demon. Mm-hmm. In Naruto's case, all the townspeople are afraid of him because he has a demon inside of him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then you got Rin, who is the literal son of the devil, <laughs> who mm-hmm. has to come to grips with where his place is in the world. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, a really common thing. And then you got Ashi, the daughter of Aku, who, you know, she comes to the realization that she's the spawn of Aku, the ultimate evil in the world, and she ends up falling in love with Aku's nemesis. And (laughs) how torn would that make you? (laughs) But she realizes that Aku is evil and she doesn't want to be like him, so she has to fight against that. And then even characters like Alucard in Helsing, uh, even though he's, you know, he pretty much enjoys being a demon, you know that in his backstory, you know, there's there's a sad story there of a man who was driven to the brink and became a demon to survive. And uh, another character that briefly had a stint on Toonami that I wanted to talk about, Hellboy, a uh, great American half-demon who was summoned from hell during war times and was supposed to bring destruction to the world, but he ends up fighting against various demons and, you know, working in, like, demon investigation. And uh, he, he just wants to chill out, have a good time, and beat the bad guys. Gotta love his personality. He's He takes it all in stride. And we would be remiss not to mention the Yu Yu Hakusho boys, though Yusuke Mm. is in fact a half-demon himself. I'm sure more people would uh, associate the term with Hiei and Kurama, particularly Kurama, who's the uh, reincarnation of the uh, Yoko. Yoko Kurama. Yeah, Yoko Kurama, Mm. who kind of lives with two personalities on the inside. I guess Hiei kind of does too, but uh, more so Kurama, just terrible demon, reborn as a, as a half-demon, mostly human, into a loving family. And, you know, he's it's the tragic story of trying to cope with his humanity and not being a monster. And then even Hiei, you know, he at least loves his sister and isn't such a bad guy. I, I think that uh, anime constantly returns to half demons and people who become demons and devils because it is such a uh, compelling concept of somebody who's 
stuck in that world between good and evil, right and wrong. And yeah, I, I think that's the reason why you see it all the time, like Devil Man and, you know, even tons of the really popular stuff like Naruto and Inuyasha. One of the things that I've noticed that's a common thread between these characters is how passionate they are, how much personality they have. It's it's like the fullest of their humanity is their energetic, compassionate side. Like Rin and, and uh, Naruto, for example, you know, they have, they, there's this obvious prejudice to both characters. Naruto had to grow up with it and he didn't really understand well, he didn't understand, and then Rin still doesn't understand because all he knows is what he is now, which is I'm just trying to do the right thing and be an exorcist. And Naruto's like, I'm just trying to be Hokage. You know, they're they're so set on the, and driven by their goals and by their passion for helping others and doing what they think is right, and and that is such an essential human connection. For them, it makes it really interesting that the out the outside world, other people, like all they see is is their prejudice. Like you mentioned, you know, they have these evil sides to them and of course that must make them, you know, worthy of shunning rather than their very clear their very clear uh, 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 actions resulting in like saving people, helping people. And and that's that's a very it's it's curious that that anime does that with these half demons, but I think it's it's like they want these characters to prove themselves that you can you can have this dark side and still fight to be good. Yeah, I think like part of it too is like I feel people are naturally drawn to underdog stories and mm-hmm. uh, having half demons like characters that basically have to struggle because of like just how they were born or the situation that they're in. an underdog? Ah, I mean, I wouldn't call Inuyasha an underdog story, but he's... He's I guess he's an outcast in his situation. Making a pun. (laughs) Sit dog! (laughs) Yes, yes, sit boy. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, nah, so, like, um... Yeah, so I feel like like, as viewers, we want to watch something where like we can see characters struggle in the same ways that we have to struggle in in daily life. And that makes these characters so compelling. Yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like we haven't talked a whole lot about this, but uh, we we kind of (laughs) kind of flexed the topic. I feel. I think the reason they choose the demon motif to begin with is it's such a popular mythological theme in general Mm -hmm. Japanese historiography. And then also just get to see awesome powers and it it makes for great action. You know, you have a character like you can't just randomly give character abilities, but here you go. Set them up as a half demon or a demon and there and it's like insta power. So you you can set yourself up for great action sequences and great story plots and everything. So d- demons make for good fiction and enjoyable anime, in my opinion. And I I I do enjoy watching them. Like whether they're the sinister, scary, awful kinds like you see in Demon Slayer, or the adorable, level lovable cats you see like in Inuyasha and in Blue Exorcist. It's it's a great theme. 
for characters. And I'm sure we'll keep seeing stuff like this, you know, on, on Toonami and on anime in general. Yeah, like I think uh, for me, what I really love about kind of demons and demon stories is that it allows creators to really delve into topics that might not necessarily be as easy to convey in a more realistic setting. Like Sketch mentions Devilman, and mm -hmm. for people who have like watched or read Devilman, like a lot of that story commentates on the like dangers of what humans and people are capable of as a society. Mm -hmm. And like, I think being able to have stories like that while also having entertaining stories, obviously mm -hmm. is kind of really important. And being able to display in all these creative ways is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And prejudice, like you said, prejudice is a yeah, prejudice perfect is... way to address prejudice. Mm -hmm. And classism too. If there are yeah, demons definitely. who are around full demons. Yeah. It's a it's a springboard for plenty of ways to express ideas. So I wouldn't call it lazy to fall back on demons, <laughs> but <laughs> it it is a is a pretty convenient way to introduce uh <laughs> Uh, mythology and uh, superpowers. <laughs> mm -hmm. But each each of these characters we've discussed, they though they have those common themes, they're all unique. Their stories are unique. Their mythology is unique, and so there you get to the the benefit in, of, of the creativity with this with this trope. You know, the half demon, the demon. You can you can kind of go anywhere with it. You can say it. And then aren't you like thinking, okay, I know what I'm getting here, but do you, do you know what you're getting there? Yeah. I didn't know what Nezuko was going to be like, and I adore her, you know? So it, it, it's a, there's a, a lot of room for creativity there. Absolutely. Okay. This has been a fun topic. And if you have some fun topic ideas for the Toonami Faithful podcast, you can email those to us at podcast at ToonamiFaithful.com. We're going to try to do more topics going forward because, you know, talking about the same old stuff all the time is pretty ho-hum. Look at you using the email. Yeah, if only other people would. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, other yeah, than spam bots. If you have some favorite demons or half demons that we didn't talk about or some reasons why you love them we didn't talk about, we'd love to hear we'd love to hear those. Okay, okay. I'm just gonna mention Raven from Teen Titans because otherwise people will be like, Why didn't you talk about Raven from Teen Titans? <laughs> oh yeah, I guess she is technically a demon. Uh half demon at least. Yeah. Her, her father, Trigon, is... And your Teen Titans was a big, big show for Toonami back in the day. And in that show, you also got to see Raven struggle with her identity constantly. I 
but she's a good sometimes girl. feel like Ham Taro's a bit of a demon, or maybe that's just me thinking <laughs> strongly. No, no, no. It's <laughs> just a demon because they let the show on. <laughs> I mean, like, the hamsters do talk. They could be possessed. Like, yeah, possessed or something. <laughs> I am Belzebub. Please give me pellets. <laughs> now, see, that's the type of show I would watch. Hamtaro. Hamtaro's good. Also a show what? Monica story. What? What? Wait, what? <laughs> I think Kirby Morrow and Richard Cox <laughs> also. The possessed Hamtaro. Hamtaro's good? Yeah, Hamtaro's a good show. Hamtaro's a fine show. There's nothing that. wrong with Hamtaro. <laughs> look, look. Okay, so in Hamtaro, there is a dog that had like uh, one of those containers of liquid which could have been alcohol I was like well then I guess that makes Sandy a boo sound oh nice. no nice. and that's why Hamtaro was good <laughs> not that See, they it all makes sense now. <laughs> it was a cute show it didn't yeah. belong on Toonami exactly. but, but come on the world's a better place with Tom being like <laughs> Ah, well, they are cute. Yes. Also, the Peter Cullen narrated promos. A hamster with mad skills. Yeah. To be, all right, to be a little serious, I'd be remiss if we didn't mention um, Soul Eater because technically Krona is possessed by Demon Sword. So he's kind of a half I mean, it's it's like in his blood. He talks about that all the time. Um, yeah. 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 Makes him unique. He starts out as a antagonist and becomes a protagonist. Another thing that I notice is a common in like certain demon demonist demonesca shows where the antagonist becomes part of the grand. Like it did in Yu Yu Hakusho, where they like, oh, you fought me and defeated me, and now we're friends. I'll join your little crew of adventurers. Well, or like Sashomaru and Inuyasha. Yeah. 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 Hey. But, By the but, end, he's an ally. Sorta. Yeah. But, but let's let's talk way way back before Dragon Ball was all space stuff. Uh, Demon King Piccolo. <laughs> oh yeah, and uh, nice. Ma Junior, who also <laughs> was an enemy who became an ally. Thanks, Gohan. Dad Piccolo, <laughs> the best dad, Mister Piccolo. <laughs> man, Mister Piccolo. Chichi got Piccolo picking up the groceries now, man. <laughs> He's and he has to babysit Pam. He's the best babysitter for Pam, too. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you remember towards the end of Super, when Gohan starts to go training, that's when like Piccolo's like, I've been waiting for this for so long. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I've been picking up groceries and taking care of your kids for this. Let's do this. <laughs> See, they... De- Dragon Ball could have done something really cool with this. Like, with all the dadding that Piccolo does, he could have, like, legitimately made any of those characters into, like, his own his own little, like, demon prodigy and god. I mean, like, now you're going to use this power to take over the world. <laughs> I would have you loved know, that, but... You know, it, it, opportunity. It, it makes me... Speaking of Piccolo, it, and I, I won't go too long on this, it, it, it's, it's funny how... 
Piccolo was, you know, pushed away from Kami. He pushed his evil side away. But then Piccolo takes Kami and becomes the dominant person, but is a good guy. It's it's such a it's such a great like you see that and you go, huh, that's really interesting. Well, I think at that point though, Piccolo had kind of become more than just Kami's dark side, right? Mm-hmm. And like it does kind of imply that like it's not Piccolo per se, but like they they just call themselves Piccolo because like it's just that amalgamation of Kami and Piccolo. Well, if you just if pick Kami and Kamikolo, does no? Yeah, no, that doesn't. Yeah, it's just Piccolo. It's easier. Yeah. <laughs> and don't forget nails in there too. Yep. Oh yeah. Yep. <laughs> Jesus, Piccolo's we like forget assimilated about like fifty different people already. Jesus. <laughs> yep. By the way, one other thing about Piccolo, I find it hilarious that he. He in Super basically was training just by meditating in his mind. Like, what? Oh, <laughs> like, he's training. just that good. Yeah, visual training. Like, uh, okay, so you just got stronger by visual training? Okay. All right. So. It's Dragon Ball. Don't ask questions. Yeah. yeah I mean, not- Krillin and Gohan did it, like, when they were flying to Namek. That's true. They did that. All right. I think we've mined this long enough. <laughs> yeah, but if we missed any, then shout out in the email. Yes. And, uh, should, we'll should, we use, should we use that hashtag that we haven't used in a long while? Oh, I guess we could. So hashtag TalkBack. Hashtag Tsunami TalkBack. V-Lord, don't ruin my, my my thing here. Jesus, come on. <laughs> come on it's court. bad enough you came on the Adult Swim stream and now now you gotta mess me up here i see how you are that's it i'm getting the case do the tsunami hashtag feel free to tag me in your favorite pictures of kilala and kuro i love i always love pictures of those two so tsunami talk back and at me happy kuro kitty yeah so it's 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 hashtag tsunami talk back if you guys want to give us your feedback on it please do tag also at tsunami podcast on twitter as well but um, as, as Sketch mentioned, our email is podcast at tsunamifaithful.com. Please send us feedback and uh, also chime in on any podcast that you're listening to and give us your feedback. We, we love uh, conversing with people, so please do do that. Um, the one thing that I should mention that I want a lot more people to um, actually visit is podcast.tunamifaithful.com. That is the website for the podcast. Obviously, there's a link to the main site for ToonamiFaithful.com, but that's where you can get all of our episodes, um, including where you can listen to our podcast, which is pretty much on every single app at this point. Um, But we are on the main ones that we want you to listen to, Apple Podcasts, um, Spotify, Stitcher, and obviously our uh, SoundCloud page, soundcloud.com slash Podcast, which has all of our episodes as well on there as well, from episode one all the way through to this episode. So please do listen to us. And for new listeners, go back and listen because you'll see the progression and uh, how our episodes progressed from then to now. So 
please do do that. And we have interviews as well, some of which that we did this year so far. So I may try to get some more before the year ends, but we'll see. And uh, obviously on social media, facebook.com slash Tsunami Faithful Podcasts and Twitter uh, at Tsunami Podcasts there as well. So uh, please like and follow us on those platforms. And uh, yeah. Um, we also have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash Tsunami Faithful. Please uh, do donate there if you can. Uh, all that money goes towards helping the podcast and the, the website itself. So please do that as well. Um, but yeah, that's that's about it. So uh, V-Lord, where can they find you, sir? People can find me on Twitter at VLordGTZ. And I also write uh, various reviews and editorials for Tanami Faithful. And also on the other side, I write for alt-comic.com. So check out those. And I also have three podcasts. Uh, the Demon Slayer podcast being the big one on Twitter at Slayer Podcast. We have more followers than the Toonami podcast, so that means we're better. Don't let that go to your head. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> but uh, I also have a new podcast uh, about Shaman King called the Oversoul Shaman King podcast. Uh, so go check out that. Um, it's on Twitter at Shaman King Pod. And then I have another podcast that I just kind of do for fun occasionally. It's the Dumb Weebs podcast. I do that with uh, our fellow writer, Laser Kid. You can find that on Twitter at Dumb Weebs Pod. All right. Um, Curl, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Happy Curl Kitty, and I occasionally write editorials for Toonami Faithful. Uh, you can also find me sometimes playing Among Us and getting booted off the server as I watch on Discord other people. <sighs> Among Us really needs better servers. That's fair. Yeah. All right. And uh, Sketch, where can they find you, sir? You can find me on Twitter at Sketch1984, and uh, I'm trying to be more active on the Discord, the Tsunami Faithful Discord, the uh, also the Tsunami subreddit. And uh, the Adult Swim subreddit in the Toonami section. <laughs> but I keep going on there and there's like nothing happening. I'm like, well, well yeah. I guess we'll go play a video game. Yeah, it's been pretty dead lately. <laughs> Back to playing Mario games. Oh, God. You should play No More Heroes sketch. You should play No More Heroes. I've never played No More Heroes. You should play It's so fun. Zero Dawn. That's what you should That play. is also fun. That's an amazing game. Play more Turtles in Time. I mean, always. <laughs> That's Sketch's natural state. He's just like, me a in, like a weird orb playing it. It only takes about 30 minutes to beat the game. <laughs> I could do it every day if I wanted. <laughs> it's not the best use of time, though. <laughs> yes, probably oh, not. Yes, Come on. <laughs> Cowabunga. Uh, I love those little, uh, in, the, what they, uh, at the beginning of every stage, they have a little, like, sewer serpent, alicat blues. Do we wrap up or are we still? <laughs> I'm keeping, no, I'm keeping Paul on the, the line right now. <laughs> sketch needs to talk 30 more minutes about turtles in time. It, well, it's, it's my it. favorite Ninja Turtles game, and I have played it so oh, many you're times. Giving him a platform, and I love it to death. <laughs> and it is 
Ninja Turtles arcade gaming perfection. Apparently, sketch. What's your score out of time? <laughs> oh, sorry, Paul. We're out of time. <laughs> oh, I'll kill you. <laughs> oh, hush you. I let you be on the Adult Swim podcast. <laughs> you let me be on the Adult Swim podcast. I, I did. I did. I did let you. Mm-hmm. Now we know when Sketch dies first. Then we're gonna know why next time. <laughs> oh no! Oh, it won't be it, it won't be me. I won't be sus. Come on now. Please, you are sus no. AF. So so I won't I won't kill Sketch. I'll just torture him. I'll put him in a cage and tase him several times. Also, the, the more, soundtrack of Turtles in Time is a banger, and I constantly you... hum it in my head. Nice. <laughs> and. <laughs> All right, Paul, where can they find you other than being sus? <laughs> oh, stop. You did, it's not like I won that. Oh, yes, I did win that game. Anyways. did so, win so, that game. Even anyway, though I called out. Everybody gets one. Yes, everybody gets one, like Spider-Man said in Family Guy. So you can find me on Twitter at Paul Pascrillo. You can find me on the Toonami Discord. I'm like Scratch at Paul Pascrillo. Uh, and you can email me, paulpascrillo at tunamifaithful.com. And uh, that's about it. I mean, those are where you can find me and you can uh, talk to me. Mm-hmm. So. so a quick reminder, new stuff on Toonami this week. New season of Fire Force, new season of Sword Art, and a new season of Gimu Seto. Death Beats. And uh, that's it for us this week. Thank you guys for listening. That's it for the Tsunami Faithful Podcast. Peace.